Why do children have tantrums and what can be done to help them minimize these emotional outbursts? Did you know that playing games such as Simon Says may actually help your child learn to control their emotions? In today's episode, I'll give you three tips that will leave you feeling more in control the next time your child has a tantrum. I am Cindy Huffington and this is Curious Neuron. Welcome everyone to the Curious Neuron Podcast, where we provide you with science-backed information centered around child development and education. Brain development, play-based learning, mental health, and much more will be covered. We will interview professionals and chat with parents. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at curiousneuron.com. This episode is sponsored by Mindful Munchkins. Mindful Munchkins is a child's yoga program which was created to educate young children about the importance of caring for their body and mind in a way which is fun and engaging. On the shop page of their website, you'll find some yoga cards that are intended for children between the ages of 2 and 8 years. However, teenagers and adults can enjoy these cards too. The cards are also ideal for teachers and therapists, as the illustrated yoga poses and instructional rhymes make it easy and fun to teach yoga. Families can enjoy using the yoga cards as a mindful activity to incorporate into their daily routine. Although the cards are great for adults to use as a visual tool to teach yoga, the cute illustrations make it easy for children to practice on their own too. For more fun ways to use the cards, please visit mindfulmunchkins.com.au. Tantrums are a normal part of development, and as parents and caregivers, we can offer them strategies to help them minimize their tantrums and have a better regulation over their emotions. Temperament plays a huge role in how a child will manage their emotions. In addition to temperament, a child's environment will also have a role in how they learn to manage their emotions. According to research, there are three strategies that children tend to use when they need to control their emotions. The best strategy that a child could use is called the adaptive strategy, and that means being able to actively direct their attention away from a distressing situation. Let's use the example of a toddler who gets their toy taken away by their baby brother. If the toddler uses the adaptive strategy, then they will be able to redirect their attention to something else, knowing that the baby didn't have any ill intentions when they took their toy away, and they'll be able to go play with a different toy. Now, there are two other strategies that are considered to be less adaptive. The focusing on distress strategy is when a child will really stay or really remain focused on the negative situation. So in the example of the toy being removed from the toddler, the toddler will just start screaming and crying. And no matter what you try to say to them, they will not be able to redirect their their emotions or their attention to anything else. So that's the type of um, emotional outburst that no matter what you say or what you try to do to calm them down, they're so focused on the fact that they no longer have this toy that they can't um, sort of snap out of it and you can't really help them during those moments. You also have toddlers or, or children who use the passive behaviors. Although the passive behavior might sound like it's um, a good strategy, it, it isn't really because the child doesn't learn how to deal with the emotion in that specific um, situation. Children cannot learn the adaptive strategy on their own. They really need our guidance. I think it's also important to remember that tantrums are not a phase. It's not something that will pass or that we just have to wait and then it'll eventually stop. 
we really have to keep in mind that we have the responsibility or the role to help a child learn how to deal with their emotions so that we can minimize the tantrums. The more they learn how to regulate their emotions, the more the tantrums will diminish. A child who does not learn how to use an adaptive strategy and remains stuck with a non-adaptive strategy will often have difficulties later in their life with emotion regulation. So research has suggested that teenagers or adults with emotion regulation difficulties, uh, which are those who apply non-adaptive strategies, tend to have greater issues in terms of anxiety and depression because they remain focused on negative aspects of their lives. In addition, children who have difficulties regulating their emotions tend to um, struggle a little bit more in school in terms of relationships with their teachers and relationships with their peers. This is why it's important for us to, to realize from the beginning or from the offset that we have to help our children learn to control their emotions. We should look at every tantrum as an opportunity to teach them and to help them cope with their emotions and give them tools to apply better strategies. A 2004 study in the Social Development Journal reminded us of a few key points um, that parents and caregivers should keep in mind when trying to help their child develop um, stronger emotion regulation skills. So what the study did is they assessed how parents and caregivers were dealing with children who were having an emotional outburst. And they noticed that there were four different strategies that parents and caregivers were implementing. The strategy that turned out to be the best strategy was providing an explanation. This is when a parent clarifies, interprets, and helps a child understand the emotional state that they are going through or that they went through. Now, I understand that if you have a child who gets stuck in that emotion and is not able to disconnect from it, you cannot do this and you cannot you know, provide an explanation as they're having this emotional outburst. So you need to wait for the emotion to pass, let them have or let them experience their emotions. And when the moment has passed, then you could sit down with them and really provide an explanation and discuss, you know, what uh, triggered the emotion and um, what can we do together the next time the same situation happens. So if it's a toy that's being taken away from them and this is what triggers this emotional outburst, you could say, well, the next time your brother or sister takes your toy away, perhaps I could come in to help you. We're in this together as a team. Uh, another strategy that this study noticed was um, questioning a child's emotion. So this is when a parent says, why are you crying? What happens is that this minimizes the legitimacy of a child's emotional experience. So over time, a child kind of feels that, you know, they need to hide their emotions or they start internalizing it. A third strategy that parents were using in this study um, was to give in to a child's desire or wish. So again, this was not considered um, a, a good strategy in a sense because what happens is that um, this interferes with the child's development of emotion regulation. So it doesn't allow them to experience the negative situation at all. So they're not able to figure out what they need to do in that given situation. I know that um, giving in to a child's desire or wish helps the emotion or I guess the tantrum in that sense diminish very quickly, but in the long run, it's not what's going to help the child learn to deal with their emotions. And that's really the goal. That's what we want to strive for. Lastly, there was the strategy where parents would distract their child from a certain situation. And research was really mixed on this distracting. The only problem is that, again, the child doesn't really deal, learn how to deal effectively with the emotion. 
learning how to control your emotions doesn't only have to do with the strategies that will be um, taught to you. You also have to develop certain cognitive abilities. So for a child, learning how to shift your attention or learning how to um, not ignore, but it's called inhibit something or inhibit information will help you in terms of developing your emotion regulation skills. Now, these cognitive abilities fall under the term of executive functions. And if you Google executive functions and Harvard University, you'll find a, a list of activities that you can do with your child as of six months um, where you could um, do the activity do certain activities to help your child develop these executive function skills. And these will help your child um, better control their emotions in the long run. For example, the game Simon Says. Simon Says is a game where if I say, Simon Says, touch your nose, you touch your nose. If I say, touch your nose, without saying Simon Says, then you cannot touch your nose. So your brain has to stop or inhibit the action of touching your nose when it doesn't hear Simon Says. And this isn't easy to do. So if you play Simon Says, you can start as early as two years old. They might not get the concept right away, but um, just keep playing with it and they will eventually get it. If they develop this inhibition skill and develop their executive function skills, which include their shifting attention, um, then this will be translated into um, better control of their emotions. If you have a young child around the age of 12 months, there's another activity that you can do. This is called the uh, A not B task. Let's say you have a blue and a yellow blanket. So you hide the ball under the yellow blanket and you show your baby that you're doing this. You hide it under the, under the yellow blanket and you have your baby find the ball. They'll remove the yellow blanket, the ball is there, you do it again, and you do this perhaps around three to five times. Then you switch. So you take your ball, and I mean, they're looking at you, so you take your ball and you hide it under the blue blanket. A child who's 10 months and younger doesn't have the cognitive skills yet to shift their attention to the blue blanket and realize that you've hidden the ball there. But a child who's older than 10 months will develop the cognitive skills to allow them to realize that you've placed the ball under the blue blanket this time. So that's a little game that you can play with your babies. So to finish this, so to finish our talk about tantrums, I'd like to give you a bit of a recap of what I've done with um, my children because I've tried to apply what I've found in the literature. Helping your child build their emotion regulation skills doesn't begin once your child has their first emotional outburst. It begins way before. So what I like to do is introduce books such as Happy Hippo, uh, angry duck before their 12 months so even six nine months it was one of the books that we had in our our rotation and this was just so that they had certain words in the in their vocabulary knowing that the word happy refers to when i smile sad is when i exaggerated a frown um, then I introduced the word frustration around the age of two um, all through this book and gives you a good tool to, to talk about emotions and to describe them. Secondly, I started modeling my own emotions when my kids are about 12 months. If I'm feeling really happy, I'll use the word happy. If I'm feeling frustrated um, or sad or mad, I would use those words with them because I was trying to get those words to become um, even if they can't say it, that they would understand it. So it becomes part of the vocabulary that they understand. Now, when your child has an emotional outburst, the most important thing that we can do for them and for us is to uh, remain calm. <laughs> now, I know that this sounds difficult um, because let's face it, I have three kids and with a two-year-old, 
um, it becomes a bit difficult when you're at the fourth or fifth or sixth emotional outburst of the day and uh, you just feel like you want to have an emotional outburst yourself. <laughs> and that's okay. You want to try to remain calm as often as you can. So it doesn't have to be every time, but if you're remaining calm, you know, eight out of ten times, I think that's a good thing. So the first thing that you do when your child has this emotional outburst is to remain calm come to their level and to show empathy. Let's take the example of giving your child a blue cup instead of the red one. So if my son were to have an emotional outburst because I did this, then I would first take a couple breaths, depends on which you know emotional outburst we're looking at in that day. And if you're really, really feeling angry inside because of what's happening in front of you, then I really recommend that you say what you wanna say to your child, which might not be the right thing in that moment, but to say it in your head. Let it out, say it in your mind, get rid of that emotion that you're having, and then get down to their level and show empathy. Because we can't forget that every tantrum really is uh, a way for our children to show us the stress and to ask for help. Getting down to their level and saying something like, I know that you really, really want that red cup that you love, but it's in the dishwasher and I cannot give it to you. I'm sorry that you're crying and that's making you feel really, really frustrated or, or, or sad or disappointed, but I, I still can't give you that cup. Saying this might help your child and saying this might not, especially if you have a child who, who especially if you have a child who implements the strategy of remaining very focused on the distressing stimuli, which is the cup. Now, what I've implemented in what I've implemented in my home is a calming corner. And this has made a big difference for my son. I didn't have to start this with my daughter. So just remember also that every child is different. So if you did it a certain way with your first child, it might not be the same with your second, third or fourth. I'll be posting a picture of my calming corner on Instagram next week. And on my website, I'll have the page up for this is our third episode so i'll have a page up on our curious neuron website curiousneuron.com and you'll be able to see the common corner and get a description of what i have in this little location so what i do is when my child has an emotional outburst I will either ask him to walk to the common corner or if he's really in distress I'll tell him or if he's really in distress, I'll let him know that I will be bringing him to the common corner. I never take him without letting him know that I'll be taking him into my arms to bring him there. So I would bring him to the common corner. Sometimes I leave him there alone for a few minutes and other times I stay there with him. Remember that we always want to model what we want from our children. So one thing that I started doing is going to the common corner myself because again, being home with a four-month-old, a two-year-old, and a four-year-old means that once in a while, I really need to go to that calming corner. So I will verbalize it. I will say, I am feeling really frustrated right now because, you know, you and your sister are not um, cooperating and it's making really challenging for me and I'm feeling frustrated inside and I really don't want to get upset at you. So I'm going to walk and go to the common corner. I'm going to sit down and take a few moments and I will come back down when I feel more relaxed and I could use my words the way that I want. By modeling this, I've noticed that my 
four-year-old and my two-year-old will often repeat this in the way that they control their own emotions. So remember to always try to model what you do. If we are losing our mind every time that our child has an emotional outburst, we can't expect them to learn to calm themselves down and to control their emotions if we can't do it ourselves. Once my son calms down, I then begin to discuss the situation. So what triggered this emotional outburst? If it was the cup, it was disappointment. What's the emotion he felt? Then we discuss what we can do as a team to... Um, I always say that we lose control of our emotions and I'll tell my son that he lost control of his emotions and that's okay, but let's work together to come up with a plan so that next time the situation happens, we can have a plan set up. For example, if it has to do with the cup, well, if he's feeling disappointed, what I the word that I use in my home is potatoes. So if you're disappointed, just say, you snap your finger and say, ah, potatoes. And it could be anything you want in your home, but that's just what we do in our house. If your child is having many emotional outbursts every day, take notes of when they're happening. So are they happening mostly when they're with their siblings? So does it have to do with sharing? Is it happening mostly when they're tired? By writing it down, you'll be able to see a link or a pattern and then deal with these emotional outbursts depending on the category. Also, if your child is under the age of two and is having a lot of emotional outbursts, we need to keep in mind that children under the age of two are not supposed to have any screen time. So if they're having, I would say, more than 20-30 minutes of screen time a day under the age of two, try cutting that out to see if that helps with the tantrums. If your child is tired, that might also contribute to more emotional outbursts. The best time to deal with an emotional outburst or these tantrums is not really during one of them, but in between. So that's when you can reassess the situation. So again, you've taken down notes, you know exactly when they're happening, you're remaining calm every time your child has an emotional outburst, and then after the emotional outburst is done, you're sitting down and you're helping them build the strategy of, um, you know, identifying the emotion and then realizing the next time it happens what they should do. So there you have it, everything you need to know to help your child minimize their tantrums. You now have the tools you need to really conquer your child's emotional outbursts. And now before we go, the answer to last week's quiz is false. People are not left-brained or right-brained. That is one of the greatest myths in neuroscience. Now here's this week's question. True or false, exposing infants and toddlers to more than one language may cause delays in their speech or language development. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, stay curious!